Hello, and I hope that your week is off to a wonderful week. We start the weekly Bible wrap-up in Deuteronomy 28. If the people keep God's commandments, God will bless Israel. But if they do not listen to the will of God, they will be cursed. In this chapter, I think I need to return to to study in detail and to see how it aligns with today's world. There's certainly a lot of that going on. In 29, Moses reminds the people they survived 40 years in the wilderness and the shoes didn't wear down. They didn't eat bread, they had manna, or drink strong drink, so as to come to know God. By keeping God's word, they had prospered and been victorious in battles. This is the covenant that God had made with his people. Now, here, Israel is to choose good or evil, now knowing the consequences of each. Deuteronomy 31, Moses notes that he is 120 years old and will not enter the promised land. He is forbidden to do so because of his previous sins, but he'll be able to see the promised land. He states, quote, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth go with thee, he will not fail, nor forsake these, thee. He commands the Levites to read this law, Deuteronomy, to the people every seven years. He writes a song for Israel and charged Joshua with leading the people into the promised land. He then placed the book of laws, Deuteronomy, into the Ark of the Covenant. Then Moses presents a song to the people of Israel. One interesting note from the Bible, the King James Version study notes, the pagan gods were, according to the notes, were fallen angels used by Satan to lead people away from the one true God. I never really thought about it that way, but that makes sense. God instructs Moses to climb Mount Nebo to see all of the land that has been promised. Deuteronomy 33, Moses blesses the tribes. He climbs Mount Nebo and he dies and Joshua becomes the new leader. And this is the end of Deuteronomy. Then we move on to Joshua. Joshua prepares Israel to cross the Jordan to start the slow process of taking Canaan, wars that would last more than 20 years. Remember earlier, God had instructed Israel not to take it all in one shot or to try to because then they wouldn't be able to govern all the land and wild beasts would take over. Spies go to Jericho where they encounter Rehab or Rahab. Rahab hides the spies and asks them to spare her family when Israel attacks. She explains that all of Jericho is well aware of Israel's strength from God. The spies return and report to Joshua that they have indeed delivered this land to them, for the residents are faint because of them. They saw that fear of Israel as a sign from God that, yes, this this land has actually been given to them. They just need to come and take. The people were instructed to remain 2,000 cubits or 1,000 yards behind the ark when Israel went in. When the Levites' feet 
reached the Jordan, the Jordan would stop flowing, creating a dry strip to, for Israel to pass. And this is very reminiscent, of course, of Moses parting the Red Sea. Israel would then follow the Ark of the Covenant into Canaan. The river did split as promised. And twelve, one from each of the tribes, each picked up a stone from the dried Jordan. These were used to construct a memorial of the crossing. Forty thousand crossed, and then the river started flowing. Now, I believe that 40,000 is plus or minus. I don't think it was exactly 40,000. supposed to give the idea of the size of the force. And then in Joshua 5, Joshua circumcised those that were born in the wilderness. Apparently, the, they didn't carry the tradition of circumcision past when they started in the wilderness, so those that were born were not circumcised, but Joshua apparently here has now added it to an ongoing part of the Jewish culture. And Israel observed Passover. And then seven priests blew seven trumpets, and the ark followed to initiate the attack against Jericho. Eventually the walls of Jericho fell, and Jericho is destroyed, but Rahab's household is spared. Achan took th this accursed thing, sinning against God. So this was one of the Israelites and apparently did something wrong. We don't know exactly yet. We'll know in just a moment. Note here that they didn't mention that the ark was leading him to leading them into battle against AI and or a I I don't know how you pronounce AI um, artificial intelligence I'm, I'm in information security so that's what I see we'll call it I so the ark didn't at least it's not mentioned that the ark led them into the battle to I and they lost and this is very much a reflection of the loss of faith in God because they thought that they could just do it themselves. Whereas before, when Jericho fell, the ark went first and they were able to be victorious. The Lord directed Joshua to purge the sinfulness of not taking the ark in and also of the purging that... Now, Achan admits stealing silver and gold and fancy clothing. His family are stoned and burned. Now, this again sounds that it's cruel by today's standards, but there's this common theme throughout that God is wanting his people to be pure and sin needs to be purified as much as possible. And certainly directly going against God's instructions, which Akan did, which was to not plunder, was considered a grave sin. And still is. The Lord directs Joshua that he has given eye to Israel. So now it sounds like that there's a second chance, but make sure that you put the Lord first and trust in him. Israel attacks this time, and because they have purged their sin, they are victorious. I, I would assume at this point in time, when they attack the second time, that the ark went forward first. 
Then on to Joshua 9, the kings gathered themselves to fight Israel, kings of the region. They were emboldened by Israel's original defeat by Ai because of their lack of faith. So the kings are thinking this force that has got the backing of God is not undefeatable. So they were emboldened and empowered by that. Gibeon, however, sent emissaries to make peace with Israel. They, they saw that perhaps that wasn't the case. This upset the local kings when Gibeon asked for Israel's protection. God battles with Israel against the kings, telling, killing some with hailstones and stopping the sun for a day to allow longer sunlight and therefore more sustained fighting. Can you just imagine that, that it's the day and then all of a sudden like the sun stops moving? How would, how would God have accomplished that? If you think about it from the physical world, I'm, when I was a kid, I was big into astronomy and there's, there's no physical explanation as to how that could happen. The earth would literally have to stop turning. Or maybe you replace the sun in the sky with a similar artificial bright light source. I don't know. You could probably be creative and try to come up with some ideas. But the point being is God can do anything. Well, the five kings fled to a cave, and Joshua ordered pursuit, captured the kings, executed them, and put their bodies in the cave, covering the entrance. Now, this began a series of victory for Joshua. You probably remember that Joshua was an excellent military commander. Now, more kings joined forces to fight Israel, and Israel def defeats them and takes more land. The list of all who were defeated by Moses and Joshua is in Joshua 12. Now, moving on to Joshua 13, more land remained to be claimed, yet Joshua is old and stricken. Some were not expelled from the lands that they took. The, the, the Gershites and the Maccathites, I knew I was going to have problems pronouncing these when I was writing this down, <laughs> taking my notes. Uh, ended up living with the Israelis. Now, this chapter is a description of the lands inherited by the tribes. And of course, there's no inheritance for Levi. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance. Lands are divided by Lot. Uh, Caleb requested Hebron, the mountain, where the Lord spoke with him 45 years ago. So here, here's an important point. Remember, Caleb and Joshua were the two spies who went out originally. Okay, and Caleb is the first one to receive an inheritance because Joshua granted his request for this um, mountain, Hebron. Now, Joshua requested because that's what the Lord spoke with him 45 years ago. Now, if you remember, too, the time in the wilderness was four years. So by this time, you can infer in Joshua that we've now gone five years into the 20 years that it took for them to eventually um, completely move into the lands. And, and I guess doing some backward math here, if Joshua died at 110, which we find out at the end of Joshua, um, and... That is 15 years later of the 20 years roughly here. Joshua, you have to remember, he's 95 years old. 
So it's incredible all that he's doing at this age. Joshua 15, description of the inheritance of Judah and of Caleb. Cities of Judah are listed. And then in 16, the inheritance of Ephraim is described. And we'll go further into more of the inheritances when we pick up next week with Joshua 17. So it's an interesting story as you get into it more and more, this progression from leaving Egypt and learning how to survive in the wilderness by trusting God and then learning about God's laws and constantly being tested and eventually understanding the difference between right and wrong and the consequences thereof, right being following God and wrong turning away from God. And now, finally, after all that time, they have the opportunity, the time has come, God's time, not ours, I often say that, to enter into the promised land, but they have to do it in a certain way as well, too. How many times are you impatient about something? I know that once I was in a job that I realized three months in, it was not, I didn't think at the time, the right thing for me. And so at lunchtime, I would go to this park, bring my lunch, and I would pray. I would be, God, please get me out of this situation. But I understand it's your time, not mine. And it would be a full 12 months later when I eventually did reach my promised land of leaving that job. But I learned God's time, not mine. Trust in his path, his whatever he has for you. Because quite honestly, if I hadn't taken that job, which I thought was so terrible at the time, all of the blessings that came from it afterwards would never have unfolded the way that they did. So until next time, I hope you have a great week and thanks for listening.